The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. You, amen. All right, glory to God. Let's get into the Word of the Lord. We have about 25 minutes, and I don't know if I can finish this in 25 minutes, so I may have to borrow some time from some of you. Uh, but let's open our Bibles this morning to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Chapter 19, uh, no, not 19, but chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, the 19th verse. Last week I talked to you about putting God first and having your priorities in order. And today I want to take this a step further and I want to talk about value-based decisions. Value-based decisions. In Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, verse 19, here the Lord says through Moses, I have called heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. What God is saying to the people of Israel is simply this. I'm giving you a choice, but make a value-based decision. If you believe in life, if you value life, choose life. If you believe in blessing and you value blessings, then choose blessing. But the choice is yours. huh? So every day, Every day we awaken, we make hundreds of decisions. Some of you don't realize how many decisions you're already made today. Amen. And this day is just a little over 10 hours and a half, almost 10 hours and 40 minutes this day. And you don't realize how many decisions you've made already today. Now, I want to take the time to reflect on some of those decisions but the point I'm making is simply this. We always make decisions. We always make decisions, even when you think you're not making a decision. For example, if you're going to worry about a problem, that's a decision because you don't have to. So even when you worry about a problem, to worry is a decision. Remember we read in Matthew chapter 6 last week where Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, do not worry. Why? Because that's a decision. Don't make that decision. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles do, but your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, but do not worry. To worry is a decision. You don't have to worry because the Lord told you you don't have to worry. He says, do not worry. So when you choose to worry, you have made a decision, but it's not a decision based on the values and the beliefs of the Word of God. Can you say amen? 
And so when it comes to making decisions, you will thoughtfully or unthoughtfully make decisions based on what you really believe. Your decisions will always be based on uh, your beliefs and your values. And, and sometimes you're faced with a very difficult choice. I've had some very difficult choices to make sometimes. Some, sometimes as, as a father or, or a husband, as a church leader or a person engaged in a business transaction, I've had some very challenging decisions to make. But when you have, listen to me, beloved, but when you have a challenging decision to make, one of your best guiding principles, one of your best guiding principles that you can ever follow is, number one, you want to make a decision that considers God's word, number one. Then number two, you want to make a decision or make a choice that keep your priorities in order. And then you want to make what I call a value-based decision. So you might ask, what is a value-based decision? See, anybody can make a decision, as I pointed out. And we all make decisions. But what is a value-based decision? A value-based decision is a choice made that reflects your beliefs and your values. It's understanding how that choice aligns with the Word of God. It's understanding how that choice aligns with His plan and purpose for your life. It's how that choice in practice makes you a doer of God's Word. Give you an example here. Some of you who are married or you've been married, and when you decided to get married, that was a value-based decision. You know, there's a lot of people in relationships. They even live together. They cohabit. They consider themselves partners in life, but they never get married. But you chose to get married. You did get married. And the difference is you made a value-based decision. You value what the Word of God has to say about marriage. You value the belief that when God places a man and woman together, they ought to get married. And that's a value-based decision. Now, when we look in the Word of God, God's first empowerment of man, I need you to get this. See, when you don't get this, you get everything else messed up in your thinking. Okay, I don't care what issue you're talking about. You can be talking about abortion or whatever. You're going to get off track if you don't get this. But God's first empowerment of man was to give man the power of choice. Huh? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, And the Lord God said unto the man, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree that's in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat of that tree, for in the day you do, you shall surely die. God gave man choice. And by giving man choice, he was certifying the personhood of man. By giving man choice, God was saying, you're created in my image and after my likeness. When God created man, he did not create a toy soldier. He did not create a robot. 
He created someone in his image after his likeness with free will. God wanted man to be his companion. God wanted man to be his friend. He didn't want man to be someone that he made to obey him. He says, the choice is yours if you want to obey me. But if you don't obey me, there's consequences to every decision you make. Now, I want you to think about this a little further. When God created Adam and Eve, he did not create them righteous. Let me say it again. When God created Adam and Eve, he did not create them righteous. Why? Righteousness implies your choice not to sin. You made a decision not to sin. No, 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 no. With Adam and Eve, God created them innocent, innocent, because they had never sinned. And he says to them, I'm giving you the power of choice, and every tree of the garden, just help yourself. But that tree that's in the middle of the garden, you shall not eat of that tree, for in the day you make that decision, you will surely die. For every choice you make, there are consequences. Every decision has consequences. Amen? So what did Eve do? Well, Eve was tempted. She was beguiled by the serpent in chapter 3 of Genesis. She was beguiled by the serpent. She was tempted by the serpent. And Eve even told the serpent what God had said. So she knew the law. She knew the word of God. But yet, Eve, in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, and the woman, she saw that the fruit of the tree, in other words, the forbidden tree, the one God says don't eat of, but when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she did eat of his fruit, gave to her husband, and he ate also. So look what happened here. God gave Adam and Eve the power of choice. But Eve did not make a value-based decision. Eve allowed her appetite for food. She allowed her desires, her personal desires, and her personal goals to just bump God out of first place. How many of us have done the same thing? You made a decision that you know didn't honor God. You made a decision that you know went against the Word of God. You made that decision, and, when, and, and in doing so, you were bumping God out of first place. Guess what happened? When you bump God out of first place, it always leads to a bad decision. Anybody ever make a bad decision in heaven to me? Come on. Huh? Anybody ever make a mistake in here than me? Now, a bad decision and a mistake don't have to remain a bad decision and a mistake. You see, when you take responsibility for the choices you made and when you realize your mistake and you learn from it and you grow from it, then in retrospect, it don't have to be a mistake. It was a learning experience. How I many hear what I'm saying? And when you learn, you grow. Is that right? So Eve and Adam, they just bumped God out of first place. 
all because they refuse to make, to have made a value-based decision. If you value what God said, then why can't you just do what God said? But when you don't do what God says, that means you devalue what God says. And as a result, your decision is not value-based. It's just a bad decision. It's just a bad choice. Now, I want to contrast Eve to Joshua. Now, when we go to the book of Joshua, Joshua, just after Moses had died, and God appointed Joshua as the leader over the congregation of Israel to be the captain of his people, God gave the word of the Lord to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God said these words to Joshua. He said, but this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it both day and night and observe to do all that's written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So God is telling Joshua, you're about to cross the Jordan. And I'm telling you how to have good success and good prosperity when you get into the promised land. To have good success and prosperity, just make value-based decisions. I'm giving you my word. And if you allow the word of my book to remain in your heart and you meditate on that word both day and night, then you observe to do all that's written in that word then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have a good success. See, God gave that word to Adam and Eve, but they didn't value it. Joshua valued that word. So when you get to Joshua chapter 24, you find that after the children of Israel came into the promised land, God began to bless them with all the, fulfilling all the promises of bringing them to a land filled with milk and honey. And all of a sudden, they began to drift away from God. And a lot of people like that. A lot of people, as soon as God started blessing them, instead of getting closer to God, they drift away from God. Huh? You've been praying for God to give you a new house. Now God's blessed with a new house, and you can't come to church no more because you've got to stay home and guard your house. Huh? You believe in God for a new car. God bless you with a new car. And now you don't want to let nobody ride in your car. And you're just drifting away from the will of God. This is what Israel did. God brought that second generation of the Israelites into the promised land. He fulfilled his promise. And all of a sudden, they turned from God to idols. They began to serve false gods, idol gods. So Joshua pleaded with him. Now, by this time, Joshua's old. He's advanced in age. And he's pleading with the children of Israel. He is saying to them, you all need to serve the Lord. You all need to fear God. You all need to serve him in truth and sincerity. Do not serve the gods of your fathers that they served on the other side of the river. And that would be the river Euphrates in Mesopotamia, where Abraham came from. Joshua pleaded, serve the Lord. 
And he went on to say in verse 15, he says, then if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Will you serve the gods of your fathers on the other side of the flood? Or will you serve the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell? Joshua says, you've got to make your own decisions. You've got to make your own decisions, but I've made mine. He says, but as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, I have made a value-based decision. I believe God is God, and beside him, there is no other. And because I believe that and I value that, regardless of how many other people serving false gods, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a value-based decision. Now, see, this is what Adam and Eve missed out on. They had God's word, and they had every opportunity to say to the serpent, we are going to obey God. But they didn't obey God. She saw that the tree was good for food, tree pleasant to the eyes, tree desirable to make one wise. Don't let your appetite for things get you out of the will of God. Don't let your personal desires, whatever they may be, and your personal goals get you out of the will of God because you'll find yourself making one bad decision after another decision. Some people are serial bad decision makers. You know why? You got good at it. You get good at what you practice. And so you're always making bad decisions, bad choices. Because you got to get in touch with what you really believe, what you really value. If you really value God and his word, if you believe the word of God is true, then you make value-based decisions. Hmm? That's what Joshua did. And that's what every one of us ought to be doing. Regardless of what anybody else decides, I'm going to do it God's way. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Huh? Y'all do what you want to do. This is what Joshua was saying to Israel. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I'm old. I'm stricken in age. I'll be dying soon. Y'all do what you want to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not, not going to serve the gods on the other side of the flood, the other side of the river. We're not going to serve the gods of the Amorites. We're going to serve the true and living God. As for me and my house, this is my decision. And it's a value-based decision. Now, Here's what you find out in life if you live long enough. Life gives you choices. Some people say, well, I didn't have no choice. Well, that's a lie. You did have a choice. Maybe you didn't have any, as you perceive, good choices. But everybody has a choice. How's that? You don't have any choice, but the first thing God did for Adam and Eve is give them choice. Come on, come on. Let's stop trying to make sense out of nonsense. Everybody has a choice. Well, they didn't give me no choice. A lot of young, unarmed black men, their lives have been taken, even by law enforcement, because law enforcement would say, I had no choice. Yeah, you did. You could have de-escalated. You could have backed off, walked away. Nobody made you pull your gun out of your holster. Nobody made you unsheath. What's that other thing they use? Your taser. Nobody made you do that. And the truth is, 
In fact, I got a survey from the sheriff's office the other day, and they were asking my opinion about different things for this election coming up. And one of the things I said, that in, in order to improve communication to law enforcement in the community, new deputies should be required to have at least a minimum of associate's degree. Hmm? These, this is skill building, learn how to communicate. Hmm? We should not be hiring pusillanimous, as I know it's a big word, but it means cowardly, fearful people. How many police you've heard that taking somebody's life and said, well, I fear for my life? Then you need to find another line of work. We do not need pusillanimous law enforcement officer. That's what you sign up for. That's like a fireman says, I didn't go in your house to put out the fire because I didn't want to get burned. But yet we tolerate that stuff from policemen. Don't tell me you, you, you took somebody's life because you was in fear of your life. Your life and your job is to serve and protect them. It's not to serve and protect yourself. Let me get back to my message so I can finish here. Now, life gives you options. Every one of us have options. We have choices. We have decisions. Every one of you here within the sound of my voice who decided to come here today, this was not your only choice. This was an option, but you chose to be here. Now, if you turn with me very quickly to 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 21 and look at verse 9. And here we want to consider the life of David. David. God gave David options, choices, and decisions to make. But the question was, was David going to make a value-based decision? A decision based on something he really valued and believed in. Something he believed that would keep him in, in alignment with the Word of God. Something that he believed that would be the right choice to be in the will of God. Now, in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, David committed a sin, a sin of pride. David decided he was having so many victories, winning so many wars, he decided to take Joab, the captain, chief captain of his army, he sent Joab into all Israel and all Judah to account to do a census of the number of fighting men. So Joab came back and they, they had 800,000 fighting men in Israel, 500,000 fighting men in Judah. And God, the Bible says God smote David's heart because God wanted David to understand your victories is not because of your numerical strength. Your victory is not because of your mighty men. Your victory is because of me. You put your trust in me, not in numbers. David was convicted. He knew he had sinned. He knew that was not a value-based decision. Had it been a value-based decision, he would have resisted numbering the people and he would have stood on, on, on his ground saying, my strength and my victory comes from the Lord. So in verse 9 here in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, then David, then the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, 
In other words, the prophet. And God said to the prophet in verse 10, Go and tell David, saying, Thus says the Lord, I'll offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself, that I may do it to you. And this is, this is the consequences of David's sin. So Gad came to David and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Choose for yourself either three years of famine or three months to be defeated by your foes with the sword of your enemies overtaking you, or else for three days the sword of the Lord, the plague in the land, with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now, consider what answer I should take back to him who sent me. This is what the prophet said to David. All right, the choice is yours. God needs a decision. What will be your decision? Verse 13, and David said to Gad, listen to this. I am in a great distress. In other words, I'm facing a great dilemma. I'm in a great distress. Please let me fall in the hand of the Lord for his mercies are very great. We, we heard Joyce read that this morning from the book of Lamentations that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, but they are new every morning. And David understood that. Now David is valuing now the mercies of the Lord. So David said to the prophet, please let me fall in the hand of the Lord for his mercies are very great, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel and 70,000 men of Israel fell. Everybody see that? So David made a bad decision to number the people, but after God convicted his heart, he decided he would make a value-based decision, a decision that valued the mercy of God. So God sent the prophet to David and says, okay, I'm giving you three choices to make. And it's your choice to make. What will be your decision? Will you have three years of famine or three months of, of fleeing from your foes, your enemies, bringing the sword against you? Or will you have three days, the sword of the Lord? And God says that sword would be a plague. For three days, God brought a plague against Israel. 70,000 men died. Here's what I want you to understand. Every decision you make, there are consequences, and some decisions you make, the consequences will impact those in your life, in your circle, those that are nearest you. Come on. It's like a man and a woman in a bad marriage. They can't work it out. They don't want to work it out because they don't know how to make value-based decisions. So they say, oh, we got to go ahead and get a divorce. And more often than not, that's a bad decision. But that bad decision only affects the, the other spouse or both spouses. It affects the children. It affects your friends and your other family members. It affects everything you do in life or did in life where you were known as a couple. And so choices have consequences. But that's not the end of the story just because you made a bad choice. 
Just because Adam and Eve made a bad choice, they were redeemed in the garden. Just because David made a bad choice, God released the consequences, but he also showed him great mercy. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.